Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Looking for a new show to dive into? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like the full season of FX's epic limited series Shogun, FX's new international spy thriller The Veil, starring Emmy and Golden Globe winner Elizabeth Moss. And don't miss the all-new crime series Under the Bridge, inspired by shocking true events and starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone. It's all new, and it's streaming now on Hulu. There's no place to escape to. This is the last time. On the left. <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? So Natalie's out of town, and I slept with the puppy last night. And the puppy was all curled up, like, like you know, because she finds any crevice that she can crawl into while you're sleeping. I don't sleeping. want to hear this story. <laughs> but then I woke up with my standard. You know what I mean? With, with my balls uh, engorged because of the standard. And welcome then, to the show, everyone. This is the last podcast on the left. I am Ben Kissel with Marcus Parks. I just don't and want I'm her to just gonna, I don't know if I want you to finish. I just <laughs> want Wendy just, to believe she's in a safe place. And she is. Uh, okay, well, that's the most disturbing <laughs> intro we've had ever. Uh, and we've had a lot of disturbing intros from the one Henry Zabrowski. Oh, that's not bad. you never been called up with a dog and got oh, a boner for okay. a second. Unrelated reason. There it is. I was I wasn't even having a dream about sex. I was dreaming about I mean, I think I was at a convention, but I woke up just full David Duchovny. Oh my goodness. What are frogs? Uh, I love David Duchovny. Great, great clip we played on the last stream. Okay, well, speaking of great. You know what this episode is going to be? It's pretty good. <laughs> pretty it's good. Be a pretty good episode, I'll tell you that much. Uh, we are finally getting into some really heavy topics here. Super heavy. Yeah. Uh, we are going to talk about the New Jersey Devil. Yeah. Uh-oh, he sounds kind of fun. Yeah. So the story goes that in 1735, a woman known only as Mother Leeds of Leeds Point and the New Jersey Pine Barrens had just become pregnant with her 13th child. Oh, wow. Weary after a lifetime of childbirth, Leeds exclaimed upon learning of another on the way, quote, Let this one be a devil. <laughs> now, when the child was born in the bedroom of the Leeds household, it appeared to be normal. <laughs> but within minutes, the wailing baby suddenly grew to the size of a full-grown man. Whoa. You got any beer? <laughs> Its head morphed into that of a horse and sprouted horns. Feathers grew in sporadic chunks from its body. Claws slowly worked their way out from the tips of its fingers. Its feet turned into pig's hooves. And finally, great bat-like wings unfurled from its back as its eyes turned a deep, evil red. You know, puberty is rough. <laughs> it's Jared Kushner. <laughs> it's set upon Mother Leeds first, ripping out her throat and tearing her to pieces for the curse she'd laid upon him. Oh, oh, man. I knew you would have bought a devil. <laughs> With blood dripping from his claws, the Jersey Devil turned next to the midwives for bringing him into the world. 
Mother Leeds' husband and other children remained locked in the next room, but the door was no match for the newly born beast. The monster tore through the door like paper and slaughtered as many of his siblings as he could. Thank you. Thank you for killing us. It sucks to be born in New Jersey. Especially 1800s, 1700s. The father survived, but it was one of the midwives who watched as what came to be known as New Jersey's very own devil whisked himself up the chimney to emerge into the Pine Barrens, where it is said he lives to this day. I'm free! I mean... Hello, New Jersey! He's got to be filthy, all the soot there. But the devil himself tells a different story. He does tell a story. Hear now the (laughs) plaintive call of the Jersey Devil, as was sung in this first-person folk song written for the 1974 local New Jersey TV documentary, (laughs) Mother Leeds' 13th Child. Oh, wow. Men call me a this is somebody's vice principal. I I come wow. for to stay them from all Palm to palm. <laughs> Roses are thrown as the Jersey Devil dances with his child bride. Wow, somewhere there was a janitor slowly tying a noose and hanging himself because that's the eighth production that weekend of whatever the hell that was. That is, or the poor New Jersey father of Leeds who sat and watched the Jersey Devil who he thought first he'd come out all fucking masculine. It's like, okay, this guy's going to play for the Giants. Like, right. look at him. He's got big. He's got the reach. He can use the leathery wings to jump over the offensive line. But then he's singing and dancing like and he's a Ren Fair and he's a disappointment wow. to everyone. Well, I gotta say, for community theater, especially Jersey community theater, fairly good. Not bad. Not bad at all. Not bad. Now, the Jersey Devil itself is not exactly what you'd call a cryptid in the sense that we would call, say, Bigfoot or Chupacabra cryptids. Why not? Why not? Why not? That's what I'm calling. (laughs) Why not? Because I would call him a cryptid. Well, besides a pile of burned feathers and bones found in a forest fire in 1957, there is no arguable evidence for the Jersey Devil. Uh While there is arguable evidence for Bigfoot and Chupacabra. You got some Chupacabra bodies. You got some Bigfoot footprints. You got a lot of stuff. And somewhere there's a naked peacock. What is (laughs) a peacock without its feathers. That's the saddest. It's a chicken. Oh, it's just a chicken. It's a chicken that you cook. Yeah, it's called fancy chicken in my town when you go down to Beverly Hills and you steal some fancy chicken and you got free dinner for the night. Peacocks are horrifying, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, technically, the Jersey Devil falls under the classification of a chimera. Huh. A chimera is a type of animal that's cobbled together from the parts of other animals, like, for example, like a unicorn, a griffin, or pretty much any monster found in the Book of Revelation. Centaur. Mm, yes. Thank you. Yes, that is a good good example. <laughs> Thank you very much. No, I mean... But it's not even... But a chimera is like four or five animals. Oh, yeah. I see. It's always got like the, the foot of a cock and the head of a cock and the, and the <laughs> cock of an alligator. I think, <laughs> again, I feel like you're just going back to your dream of last night. 
<laughs> yes. Uh, chimeras are beings that defy the laws of nature completely, from the laws of biology to the laws of physics. Ooh. They are never photographed and are usually seen for only moments at a time. Cool. It is cool. Yeah, they're like uh, Sting. <laughs> Or How are they like no, Sting? Aloof to be celebrities. Seen. They're the opposite of Keanu Reeves, who takes the subway. And you know what? I don't want to see any pictures of him taking the subway. Leave him alone. Leave him alone. My Let goodness. him take the subway. But Sting is out there looking for attention. He goes to fresh markets, just going, I mean, like, oh, looks like some of these peppers are wilted. Someone should send an SOS for some more peppers. <laughs> Perhaps they could send Maybe it in a, a bottle. message in a bottle yes. to the farms outside of this town. Wow. You know, they come for the they come for the horror stories and they stay for the puns. Isn't that fun? <laughs> well, really, chimeras, they're the classification of cryptids that are least likely to exist. So they are classified as cryptids. Well, I was correct. I don't well, know what this is. See, the, before the well, show, I am kept in the dark, by the way, and I want to explain this to yes. the audience. You guys never share any information with me. I barely get the outline 15 minutes before we record, and you know I'm not the fastest reader, not the slowest reader, but not the fastest reader. Unbelievable. You're going to do the same level of research no matter what time you get the outline. No, it's no, do I like you surprised. Well, yeah, that's probably true. I like you surprised. And, but, so what we mean, though, it's, it's, the truth is that like a Bigfoot could possibly be either a very hairy man or some like there's a weird scientific maybe gobbledygook explanation for what a Bigfoot is mm -hmm. and like Chupacabra is a fucking dog right oh. so it's like we know that for a fact so these are the cryptids maybe it's a type of dog or it's a sick dog or it's like it's, it's an animal that you could go you can go wrestle it you can go kiss you can go kiss a Chupacabra you could sleep in a bed with a Chupacabra and wake up next to it all engorged right yeah we well, hear the Chupacabra's horror tales of waking up next to the hairiest Polish man in, in uh, Los Angeles and just when he goes I back. never imagine the man who's got the hair on the back and the hair on the front, but no hair on the top. <laughs> but, um, By the way, that, it, was, it was old headshot uh, trending on Instagram. My goodness, he used to have a nice head of hair. And just uh, what a difference a couple of years make. So fast. So fast it goes. Uh, but the Jersey Devil is more of a, a cobbling of the American imagination, which is a part of the reason why we're even coming back to cryptids because normally we don't do this is like a big jump for us we haven't done cryptids in a long time yeah. but this one is interesting because it's connections to u.s history mm. oh yeah i mean the thing is about the uh jersey devils like you could see a bigfoot or like a goat sucker maybe being real but like a horse pig bat dragon is a little more difficult yeah you can't you can't uh fly with a horse head <laughs> that's <re> <laughs> But that doesn't stop hundreds, if not thousands of people over the centuries from claiming that they've seen something that they believe to be the Jersey Devil. Hmm. And many of them claim to have heard the Jersey Devil's famous scream as well. Really? Here's a man from the documentary Mother Leads His 13th Child describing the sound he heard in the New Jersey Pine Barrens one night. Okay. But the noise that it would make it would sound like real high pitch. It's, uh... Similar to uh, a woman screeching, a real high pitch, like uh, someone strangling a woman or something like such. It's a real high pitch. Uh, Follow-up question, sir. <laughs> How the hell do you know what that sounds like? Sometimes you just sit and you just think about how they never come. Just when you ask, you got to go take them. And that's what the Jersey Devil does. And that's why I look up to him, my idol. You know what? We're going to call the police. Why don't you just stay right there? <laughs>
You got it. You know where that sounds comfortable. I would actually be more comfortable with me behind bars. Wow, I think the whole I think New Jersey would be safer, sir. This is another clip of a different guy talking about the call of the Jersey Devil, and this one is complete with a documentary's recreation of what the Jersey Devil might sound like. Ooh, okay, this is what I want to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. We're all just about settled down and start to fall asleep. And it was sweet, like high-pitched and inhuman. And it was like, at first everybody thought, oh, somebody's fussing around. And then we realized, no, it's too much. What is that? <laughs> it sounds like, I don't know, it sounds like a mouse proposing a toast uh, to his mouse family because he just got a great mouse job. That's so cute. What is that? It sounds like a door creaking, and but it's like kind of embarrassed to be opening. Well, they say it sounds like a screaming woman, and a lot of times they also said it sounds like metal on metal. That did not sound like a screaming woman, though. That did, that did not. No. Well, it's because they had a hard time. She just had like, the guy that was doing Foley for this New Jersey local uh, network television. Show. His wife normally does the foley, and he brought her in to be like, "Baby, baby, you gotta come make a scream at the Jersey Devil." She's like, "Yes, sure, you are made to be the Jersey Devil, <laughs> baby." I said you were made to be in movies. You gotta do it. And she says like, "Okay." <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Literally, it's- no, no, no. <laughs> Uh, it sounds like the Duck Dynasty guys created a duck call for ducks that might have a um, special need. <laughs> <laughs> now, remember, the Jersey Devil is a flying horse that screams like a woman. And it's very, very important to New Jersey and its history. Is As it? we discovered a lot about these documentaries, yes, okay. Southern New Jersey um, is very proud of their devil. <laughs> and they will beat the shit out of you and your family to defend it. I will. Hey, I'm not going to uh, malign the great New Jersey devil one bit. But as goofy as it seems to be, the story of the Jersey devil is actually surprisingly rich, far beyond the usual I saw something weird story that we usually get with creatures like this. Sure. We discovered this while reading our main source today, The Secret History of the Jersey Devil by Frank J. Esposito and Brian Regal. Again, it's not a secret. You're writing about it. That is fun. The book, it's pretty dry and academic, but as books about little-known chapters of American history go, it's pretty great. How do you make this book dry and academic? It is about the New Jersey devil. It's got a horse well, head because they have to make it sound smart. They're like, uh, and then the township of Brunswick was formed in 1874, and the first hoofprint to ever be found, maybe of a Jersey devil, was soon to be found of an enlarged antelope that had been released from a zoo that was brought by Joseph Bonaparte, Napoleon's brother. Which is true. There's, the, Napoleon's brother does make a cameo in this history. Really? Well, that story is apocryphal at best, sir. And Napoleon, you Whoa. know what? <laughs> That's interesting. Napoleon was actually kind of tall. He was average height. He wasn't kind We're of... the same height. Yeah, Tim Me and him are the same height. But back yeah. then, that's yeah. a, that was you were a good height back then. <laughs> Not by today's Yeah, you would have been murdered for being a fucking stretched man. <laughs> the, the ones that are only found in certain types of bogs. Yeah, probably. <laughs> now, the story we're going to tell today is one of how this modern monster myth was created through a combination of occult beliefs gone wrong, pre-revolutionary war American politics, mm. and cruel old-fashioned hucksterism. Oh, my goodness. More than anything, we will show how the Jersey Devil comes from the general belief that we Americans share as a country that anything is possible. That's right. A belief that is both one of our greatest strengths and one of our most devastating weaknesses. Yeah, and one of our bigger lies. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, man, Elon Musk, he's not American. He's South African. He benefited greatly from certain policies in South Africa. <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> now, the Jersey Devil is not the only name that this creature has had over the 250-some-odd years that it's been around. It's gone from everything from the Wazzle Bug to the Hoodle Doodle Bird. Oh, my God. It sounds like you go over into a fun doctor. He's like, I'm sorry. It you've does. been diagnosed with the Wazzle Bug. Uh, here's some no, gin. That's, I don't want a fucking cute doctor. That's terrifying. I, want I don't want doctor. a quaint little fantasy. See, doctor? No, I want the news. I want the news. You know what? Give it to me light. Give it to me fluffy. Patch Adams. <laughs> it's even had names as simple as the Gwink. I see now oh, they I use the, the Gwink is now often used as a term of a young, handsome, homosexual man who can lick his own asshole. <laughs> well, you know, that's, that's a, a talent. Uh, that, uh, that takes a lot of work. But originally, the Jersey Devil was known simply as the Leeds Devil. Okay. Now, that story we told up top is only the most gruesome variation of the tale. In most variations, the baby just turns into the creature and flies away. Okay. Others. No, ch- no chimney involved. Sometimes it flies into the chimney and then away. Why not just go at the door? <laughs> well, it's just saying I, chimney is if you had a set deck doing it like chimney is for alaska like a, a hollywood version of this story i don't think i think it was like a hut it's in the middle of these pine barrens oh the, the barrens are difficult to dig in and it's like in the 1600s right it was 1735 17 and so that's difficult right i mean i guess that, they built the pyramids but <laughs> yeah i think many many years before that yeah. well others say the deformed baby lived with the family until it was four years old when it unexpectedly killed its parents oh. and flew away cool up the chimney well, that's okay. so sad because it was like a little dragon boy there's there there is one version of the stories that the jersey devil would come back and visit the Leeds family as a devil and would be fed by them and he'd be going like can I have some oatmeal again? <laughs> they have to like, all right, give you get a little bit of oatmeal, but you got to stop flapping your leathery wings all over this house, okay? Because we're study hour. Everyone's trying to study. He's like, I promise I won't. And then, <laughs> yo, what are you doing near Jersey? Because they're calling him Jersey. Oh, that's fun. And sometimes the form is different too. More like a kangaroo crossed with a dragon. Oh, okay. Some say the origin of the curse was not the mother, but rather the community. They put the birth of the devil half a century later during the Revolutionary War, the product of an unholy union between an American girl and a British soldier. Yuck. (laughs) I want to see that with Nick Cage and Kira Knightley, with Nick Cage as an older British soldier (laughs) and Kira Knightley as the American girl and they have sex and then the fucking big horse demon rips open Kira Knightley's (laughs) vagina and emerges from her like she's a torn up circus tent. Oh yeah, I can see it. It's like a combination of the Patriot, Captain Corelli's mandolin and Rosemary's baby. What? (laughs) You know what? There it is. I, you know, hopefully she lives and they can have a nice relationship with it. I think Nicolas Cage would be a great, uh, he would be a great father of a devil type. They just stitch Kira Knightley back up and then whenever she sits anywhere, it's not so much she's shit sitting, she's being draped onto chairs. <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. Another variation on the story is that the devil was punishing the town of Leeds Point where all of this took place because they had mistreated a minister in some form or fashion 
although it's never said what the mistreatment was. I watched a more recent documentary because we watched this uh, 13th Child documentary from 1974, and I watched another one that was handmade by amateur uh, investigators, otherwise known as the Devil Hunters, in 2015 Mm. that has a lot of people all saying the same thing where it's just a guy from South Jersey, which is the weirdest accent on the face of the planet because it's that weird, it's technically like Western Pennsylvania, so they all talk like this and they have a weird down like this and it's like this whole it's very very hard to place but they all say the same thing where it's like clergyman got treated bad and then when he got treated bad he gave all them the demon and no one knows what he did but we know that a clergyman was treated bad Oh, for some reason, I want a pretzel now. Uh, and uh, well, there's also the standard Mother Leeds was a witch and gave birth to the devil version of the story. Mm. But that version could pretty much be copy and pasted into any location in the Northeast during that point in American history. Okay. Amazingly, though, the actual origin of this story has its roots in an old-timey flame war between a family named Leeds, hmm. the Quakers, huh. and none other than founding father Benjamin Franklin. No kidding. The no. turkey should have been the national bird. You almost <laughs> forgot about me, old Benjamin Franklin. I went to the optometrist and I said, make me glasses that only cover my pupils. <laughs> That's all I he want to see. Re- is directly in a tube in front of me. He revolutionized eyewear, didn't he? He did. Look at that. Think about that. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, You can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with Horse picks. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents' accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse picks over various country borders... I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. It's a waste. 
Don't waste hours on apps. Besides appetizers, that's the kind of apps I like. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Did you know that empanada is already Spanish? I didn't. Thanks, Babbel. Did you know that burrito is already Spanish? Wow. I just got to learn all the rest. And eventually, I'm going to be eating downtown Mexico. Thanks, Babbel. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. Daniel Leeds was an astrologer and Quaker who lived in the late 17th and early 18th century in Leeds Point, which is a town off the Delaware River inhabited mostly by sea captains. No! They're all captains. <laughs> no! They're all Everywhere you go, like, yeah. <laughs> it's 100. They sell extra timbers for when your timbers are too are shimmy. Does it shiver? But if everyone's a sea captain, who's doing any of the work? Well, no, this is where the sea captains live. Yeah. But everyone's a sea captain? A lot of people were sea captains because it was at the mouth of the Delaware River, so they were able to get to the sea real fast. Yeah, oh so it's a my. whole town of supervisors, which <laughs> means nothing happens. Right, that's the, the supervisors don't do anything. Well, yeah, but that's where just where they all lived. They must have been drunk. I'll tell you that. Maybe the drunkest town in U.S. history. Aren't sea captains usually drunk because you got to match the waves? No, so no, if you're, you're a not little supposed bit drunk, to be drunk. You don't get no, no, seasick. No. That's like yeah. you saying you got to be drunk to drive because it makes you more relaxed and then you can be no. more eased up on your reaction time. I would say you have to be drunk to drive if the roads were all wavy and constantly moving. So, uh, yeah, so if a man with drunk goggles of a civil engineer who wore those drunk goggles like they do with the D.A.R.E. programs invented a city, yes, drinking then would be, would help. Yeah, yeah. No, that is a, that is a good way to avoid uh, seasickness. Get drunk. Be drunk. All right. Yeah. It's not proven, but <laughs> do not agree. Well, Daniel Leeds, he wasn't a sea captain. He was a writer specializing in pamphlets and almanacs, as was the style at the time. Wow. But his almanacs were somewhat different from the rest, as Leeds was a staunch believer in the occult, particularly astrology. Okay. Now, back then, like the occult held a different meaning. Occult just meant secret knowledge. It was just, it was pretty much, they said, Used a cult to say uh, to name things like it's science that we don't understand yet. But the thing about people that were purveyors of the occult is that if you were not, you were viewed as essentially a version of being like, you think you're better than me? <laughs> you think you're better than me because you know all this hidden shit? Well, I can know it too. You know how I know it? I could beat the shit out of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Little do they know, their great, great, great grandchildren are going to be microwaving every dinner because of that great scientist. The Quakers, however, which Daniel was of the faith, oh. they did not take kindly to Daniel's work and publicly spoke out against Leeds' use of astrology, even though they were all into this kind of shit in private. Hmm. They just couldn't public publicly. They said that witchcraft and astrology is nothing but foolishness. But when they were in their fucking parlors, who was pulling out the tarot cards Ugh. but the Quakers? Of oh, yeah. They said they'd be like, oh, you're dating a Capricorn. Well, that doesn't work because you're a Scorpio. <laughs> and I, I, the, the, it's something about, I believe a Capricorn is a water sign and a fire sign together mix up. You know what it makes up? Some people say steam. I say just a, a wet, a, a mildly warm puddle. So 
<laughs> Quakers, I think they like things mildly warm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, the Quakers were actually fairly groovy. They weren't yeah. bad. They were better than the Puritans. They had a lot of buckles. They did have yeah, a lot of buckles. I like a good buckle. Everybody had buckles. It was before <laughs> zippers. Well, nonetheless, the Quaker really, I, they really redefined the buckle. I, no, I think you're thinking of the Pilgrims. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Aren't the Pilgrims Quakers? No. What are no, the you're thinking the about the man the on the oatmeal are can. That is what you're thinking about. You're thinking about the oatmeal man you're, can. You're that is not the same. That is not the Quaker. He is a Quaker. It's the Quaker Oats. You're thinking Quaker Oats. You think he's got the big buckle on his hat. He's got the buckle on his hat. Uh-huh, but the pilgrims are more buckle people. What about Lucky Charms? <laughs> you must have been so frustrating to teach well, in high school. Like, the idea of looking at you as a teacher in high school, you just bigger than just yeah. staring at me and just going like, I don't know, can I wrestle it? Like, just saying <laughs> something to me like, can I grab it with my hands? Well, I'll tell you one thing. I'm happy I went to high school during a time when teachers didn't carry firearms. Yes. Because I was the loudest, rowdiest, and class clown. That's what I was voted. And one of them would have shot me. <laughs> well, Leeds genuinely hurt that his fellow Quakers hadn't embraced his work because he thought they would. He was releasing all this study. He was like, my fellow Quakers shall look upon me as a genius. But when the Quakers did not embrace him and in fact publicly spoke out against him, Leeds put his former religion on notice and he started releasing anti-Quaker pamphlets and books. Oh my, Why like, do these guys do this? Him and Iliador did the yeah. same shit. Where they're just immediately like, fuck this. Now you guys go go fuck yourselves. Yeah, so I'm out then. I guess it's a line of the sand, huh? Well, uh, I guess I'm on this side of the sand. I see when you decide to come to this side of the sand. That really does suck when you work so hard on something and you're like, here it is. And then everyone's like, uh, I don't uh, think so. It must it must be like how John Travolta felt after Battlefield Earth, where he was oh, so yes. proud of it. It was like so much energy. Twenty years in the making, and everyone's like, "That was the worst movie of all time." It felt like producing sketch comedy. Yeah, that's how it must have felt. So in 1701, Leeds put out a book called News of a Strumpet Cohabitating in the Wilderness. Ooh, sexy. Strumpet. Yeah, it's like a porno. Yeah. And in this, he wrote about the Quakers, quote, spiritual and carnal whoredoms and adulteries. Ooh, a strumpet. Ooh, Remember that? When, so, uh, what was the name of that thing that tried to take the uh, the Pop-Tart out of business? Uh, toaster Strudel. Yeah, it didn't work, though. It didn't. No, now it's a, now they they peacefully exist alongside each other. Yeah, there was a competition for a while. Well, news of a strumpet cohabitating in the wilderness caught the attention of a prominent Quaker named Caleb Pussy. Now it's spelled <laughs> Pussy, I guess. I don't know. It's just P U S E Y. The problem is that if your name is if your name is Caleb Pussy, and then your whole life is then spelt being like, no, it's Pussy. You yeah. are you are a sketch. Like you're you are a naked gun character. Constantly, yeah. Constantly have to clarify there. So Pussy punched back with a book called <laughs> Daniel Leeds, justly rebuked. Which caused <laughs> so a, sounds like something a pussy would write. Yeah, this is uh, we got ourselves a real nerd fight here. I love a good feud, and that caused Leeds to respond with his own book, The Rebuker, rebuked. Whoa, double oh, rebuke! World wow. Worldstar. <laughs> this all devolved into public name calling, and since this was the 18th century, pussy had no problem conv- convincing people that Leeds was quote evil, a murderer, and. Satan's harbinger. And I would dare say I would not copulate with Leeds' mother with the phallus (laughs) of B. Arthur. Wow. Roast Dropping the 
microphone. What is this? Hordoms of the Quakers. Now, this was what was commonly known at the time as a pamphlet fight. Oh, shit. Wow. No, and it was common. They had a name for it. Really? Yeah, yeah. Pamphlet feuds. And they went on all the time where these dudes in like Boston or Philadelphia or New York, they would just, because the printing press was, you know, they were able to finally use it in a, like a mass, uh, in a mass media way. So these guys would just turn out these pamphlets talking shit about each other. And they got really nasty. Like kind of the equivalent of us like Photoshopping like a dick in Ted Cruz's mouth today. Stuff Whoa. like that. The secret history of the Jersey Devil recalled one instance in which a pamphlet illustration showed a winged laughing devil with sagging breasts shitting in the mouth of a rival pamphleteer as he laid content in a ferry boat. Uh, so, uh, so Tom, I, you said you do like some drawing, right? I got an yeah, image. Yeah, I like I'm, to draw. Yeah, I mostly, I like to do ladies in a parlor or I like to do a collection of rare flowers. I, Normally I do that scientific yeah. drawing. You know that leads jerk? Oh, yeah. I got a great idea. What if I do a thing where he's laying in a fucking raft and I get a, a fucking big, saggy, milf breast, b- like, creature just shitting in his mouth? Same minds. Same right? minds. <laughs> now, Leeds, yeah, he had the problems with the Quakers, and, you know, he was into the occult and all that, but it also didn't help that Leeds worked as counsel for a much-hated New Jersey royalist governor, mm. a stooge of King George II. Oh. We're not taking this fucking almanac. We're not taking your royalist fucking almanac, dude. Yeah. Benjamin Franklin was right. He <laughs> pulled his dick out of whatever the hell he was having sex with at the time. He invented electricity, and then he scooped your ass on the almanac. America did it again. Well, the middle part was right. Now, this was three quarters of a century before we kicked out the Brits. And even though there were plenty of colonists who supported the crown... Get out of here. ...openly working for the most ruthless of them, made enemies... In the colonies. Naturally. Now, this first feud wasn't the only thing that led the Leeds family into getting New Jersey's greatest monster named after him, but this was the first step. Leeds retired in 1714, but his sons, particularly his son Titan, continued writing. Cool name so far, I have to say. I like the names yeah. of the time. Titan Leeds. Titan Leeds is a cool fucking it's name. It's a very yeah. good name. Yeah, it's better. He had one, his other brother was named Felix. Uh, okay. Yeah, and the other one was, okay. I think, was named uh, Jafat. <laughs> I, I well, it's kind of, a, kind of a mean thing to say about, it, but yeah. or maybe it was. Jeff- this is my one son. This is my one son. You're skinny, and this is my other son, Jafat. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, uh, what a time to be alive. Well, unfortunately for Titan, though, there was a chubby, very clever, very horny little upstart named Benjamin Franklin waiting in the wings. Oh my! Ready to make his stand on history, and Titan Leeds happened to be in the way. I think that Benjamin Franklin must have been fun to watch, watch walk. <laughs> like, you just get Oh, the- yeah, dude. I, I feel like if I was physically closest to a, a, of a of a person in history, it would be a Benjamin Franklin. You can like, I a- will eventually, I will look like him. You gotta do the, the reenactment. You should do the reenactments. <laughs> oh, yeah, and then you see, I shave my beard, I grow up my back hairs, like my, my back <laughs> head hairs, I grow out them long. Yeah. I'll look like Benjamin Franklin because he's got like a short, hard penis. He knows the side to side motion. He's got he's got a fast brain and tiny hands made for writing. Yeah, that's me. Yes. Never saw a day of work in his life. 
<laughs> soft, soft poems. Oh no, Benjamin Franklin was a hard worker. He like did all the print and press shit. That print and press yeah, shit's that's, hard. That's a good point. Yeah, it's big work. I'll take it back. So by the 1730s, the astrology angle seemed to be working, and the Leeds Almanac was among, if not the most popular almanac around. Wow. That was until Benjamin Franklin started publishing Poor Richard's Almanac, printing useful information alongside awesome quotes like, Three men can keep a secret if two are dead. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that is funny. That's fun. <laughs> Reader's Digest will reprint that one day. <laughs> A lot of those jokes in the old A lot of fun. A lot of fun little stories there. Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. So Franklin thought astrology superstition, and for that matter, most religious beliefs were all pretty goddamn stupid. Hmm. So he figured he'd use Leeds' closely held belief in astrology as a way of attacking his rival in the very first issue of his new almanac. Which was, what was it called? Paul Richard's Almanac. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that one, you know, like... That's the, the same one that you just mentioned. Yes, same yes, one I just got mentioned. It. Yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. one that's very famous, and it's been around for a long time, and it's about... Potatoes, and it's also about like when it's gonna rain somehow. It's right? a lot in there, yeah. It's, a, it's like a, an annual a spy versus spy in there. Maybe the first spy versus spy. Yeah, an almanac was like an annual publication uh, that did. You know, it it had star charts and you know things like when yeah. to plant the stuff. Yeah, and then it has some puzzles in there too. Yep, and some quotes. Yep, it was a catch-all man, and it, but he understood. Like I'll say, like we did instinctually back in the day, that if you put all of it under one umbrella, you got your farming news, right. you got your farming tips, you got your farming quips, all in one little area. Farmers are going to buy that off, and then especially if they found out that if you crumple it just enough two of them together, that you could stick your dick in between it <laughs> instead of wrestling a sheep down into the fucking mud, sure. because that's got to be exhausting after a while. Yeah, you did wake up on the sort of the hornier side of the bed today, huh? <laughs> Natalie's out of town. So Franklin wrote a satirical piece in which he used astrology to predict Titan Leeds' death oh. on the next October 17th, telling the reader that they had to buy the next issue if they wanted to see if the prediction came true. Leeds didn't die, but Franklin published an obituary anyway. <laughs> wow. And when Leeds angrily responded in the Leeds almanac saying, I am not dead, because it seemed to be pretty easy to get a rise out of the whole Leeds family, Franklin insisted, no, Leeds is absolutely dead. And that response came from his ghost. <laughs> and Franklin kept this shit up for years. Because, like, Leeds is, like, his biggest rival, but Benjamin Franklin, like, refused to actually respond to him. He would only respond to Titan Leeds' ghost. I, I, I am doing this with every person <laughs> that I might have a little you, dislike for. Yeah, because Leeds, Leeds kept getting more and more angry, and Benjamin Franklin would say... Of course, he's poking, poking, poking. 
<laughs> he would say, there's no way that such an ungentlemanly reply would come from Titan Lead, so therefore his ghost must still be in control of his publication. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> and then Titan Lead's like, I'm not a ghost. Yeah, bro. Yeah, would, a, would a ghost be able to do this? Look, I'm lifting a hammer. Look at the hammer. Look at uh, the ghost. Looks like some ghost is trying to get into construction. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, up here. Up here. Ben Franklin was funny. He was. That's what Mr. Wonderful says on Shark Tank. Oh, yeah? You're dead to me. <laughs> And the whole time, Benjamin Franklin is also calling all of his rivals devils. And everyone's calling Titan Leeds a devil because that's what they would do at the time. That was like, that was the uh, kind of stock insult you would have for your opponent. It's like, oh, but he is a saucy devil. Okay. But it's, that sounds like more of a compliment. Mm. It's kind of cool to be No, a devil. devil was not in it. No, because you're not that far from the Salem witch trials here. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forget about it's, that. I forget that people used to take things really seriously and they still do. Yep, that's right. <laughs> the difference is that people got killed. Yeah. Back in the day when you would point at somebody and say that they were devil, the whole community would, would revolve against them. And the, Leeds became really unpopular. And that was like mm. a part of what happened, right? It's why then they got being known as the, the progenitors of a horse f- demon. <laughs> yeah. The only fun thing during the, Sa- uh, during the Salem witch trials, the only thing that would be fun to be is a child. <laughs> Because you can oh, just yeah. you can just eradicate every adult. <laughs> so well, dude, did you see do you ever see White Ribbon? I never saw that. It's a movie about set in the uh rise of the Nazi party. It's I mean it's it's not very funny. Mm-hmm. But it's about little funny. kids where the, the fascism is getting to the little kids and they're becoming like little like s- like snitches to the uh. Nazis and it's very frightening. It's little kids being like you are a Juden, aren't you? And they're like, no, no, Bartholomew. <laughs> and it's like, it's very, very scary. That's got to be fun for a kid, though. Kids lie all <laughs> yeah. the time. What so, if, whoever came up with that myth out of the, the truth of babes? Or out whatever. of the mouths kid, of babes? All kids do is lie. It's the Bible. Oh, well, there's a mistake in there. <laughs> <laughs> so Benjamin Franklin, he kept hitting on leads, kept hitting on leads. Benjamin Franklin didn't even let up after Titan Leeds actually died <laughs> oh, in 1738. And Fra- Why would you? Man? That's the best <laughs> time, man. The fucking you've been setting this up for years. Yeah. In Franklin's next almanac, he congratulated the ghost claiming to be Titan Leeds all this time for finally ending the charade. That's incredible. Benjamin Got Franklin. you again, <laughs> fucking bitch. Everybody <laughs> high-fives me. It's just so weird to think of Benjamin Franklin as a bully. Yeah. Because he looks like <laughs> everyone who is bullied. Him in front of the Titan Leeds grave just being like, <laughs> <laughs> now he's really dead. Now he's really fucking dead. What are you going to do? Him just like rubbing his butt on the, like the grave dirt. <laughs> However, What's interesting is that the death of Titan Leeds more or less lines up with the birth of the Leeds devil. And for further connection, one needs to look no further than the Leeds family crest. The crest features three figures with wings, clawed feet, and pointy tails, and above the shield rests the mythical cockatrice, which is a kind of rooster dragon. Oh. In other words, the crest was filled with monsters. Okay. Cockatrice is also a seldom used name for a girl, which I think would actually be really very nice. <laughs> this is my daughter, <laughs> Cockatrice. <laughs> cockatrice? Yeah, it, it could be a beautiful name in a, in a totally different world. I, in a, <laughs> <laughs> and so... 
The creature that would become the Jersey Devil was born of a media war between a family, a religion, and one of the founding fathers of the United States. Cool. And stuck in the middle was the poor devil himself. Oh. My loathsome (laughs) appearance in some strikes fear, but those who are worried this So many harlequins. Everlasting this tale I just want to see the actor going back into the makeup room, taking off his wig and just looking in the mirror and being like, I did it again. <laughs> and when when will I reap the rewards of my talent? I'm too good for Jersey. Yeah, I just like the idea of a thing. A thing looking like the creature from Basket Case with a lute, just like singing the song like in a swamp, like while his fucking family is out there feeding him porridge every day. Now, in order to really understand why it was so easy for people to believe that the Leeds Devil and eventually the Jersey Devil existed in the Pine Barrens, you got to understand the Pine Barrens themselves. The Pine Barrens are a vast expanse of over a million acres covered in a dense wilderness of pine trees and swamps. Now, why'd they live there? They don't, really. they don't? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is not a good place to live. The people that do live there are called pine rats. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. And they were, for years, said to be backwards thieves and brigands, pretty much the hillbillies of the Northeast. Moonshiners. They're barrenbillies. There are certain types of people that live in places called barrens, because you live in a place where it's very, very difficult to live. Um, and it's also uh, it's out in the middle of nowhere and a lot of people went out there to to find a place to live. They were rugged individualists and then right. they all died. <laughs> and now their biggest thing that they towed about the Pine Barrens is that you can almost see Atlantic City wow. from one edge of the swamp. Wow. But also it's a very I have to want to ask more people I know from New Jersey about the Pine Barrens yeah. because they all say the same thing. The people I, I texted several people about the Jersey Devil because everybody has a Jersey Devil story that if you've lived in Southern New Jersey, and they all just kind of say the same thing about the Pine Barrens are very spooky. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're super spooky out there. Now, it's very possible that the Leeds Devil existed as a sort of cautionary tale for travelers to, at the very least, have their wits about them around Pine Rats. Mm. But nonetheless, the story survived in an oral tradition for the next 150 years. During that time, though, discoveries have been made in America that allowed the existence of things like the Jersey Devil to seem not only possible, but probable. And I think this is very interesting. As is pointed out in The Secret History of the Jersey Devil, America had for centuries been a land filled with biological monsters. This land was filled with bizarre animals that Europeans had never seen before, like moose and possums and skunks and rattlesnakes. Possums yeah. are weird looking. They're really, they get the huge teeth and they yeah. scream at you because yeah. it seemed the further you went into the interior, the weirder, scarier, and more deadly animals in America got. And it's always those, the, the ones with the long tongues that like to hang around the pine cones because they can get the <laughs> seeds from inside. Yeah, they get the little bugs and stuff. Yeah. But then I like to see a moose and a possum and a skunk and a rattlesnake all like playing a game with each other or living in an apartment complex. I like to see that and then it's about how they're all struggling to be actors yeah. and you make it like a sequel to to the horse show. That, what's that horse show? Jack Horseman. Yeah, you make it a sequel to that and you call it Rattlesnake House. 
<laughs> you didn't even say rattlesnakes were involved. No, he said rattlesnakes. Oh, okay. And then there were the stories from the American Indians. It's like, these guys, these colonialists, they'd hear Indians tell stories of like gigantic creatures with horns who roamed the plains by millions, which sounded impossible. But when explorers went further west, bam, there was bison by the millions. Mm. So if the bison and all the other weird animals that the American Indians were talking about were real, mm. what stopped the forest dragon that the original people of the pines talked about from being real as well? Makes sense. And then in the 1800s, we started finding fossils. We found woolly mammoths the size of a house, dinosaurs that might as well have been dragons, and plesiosaur skeletons, which bore more than a slight resemblance to the sea serpents that sailors have been reporting near the Americas since Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue. And I do want to clarify, we found planted fossils by scientists to disprove God. <laughs> yes. Uh, because let's yes. dive into the creationist thank you, Kissel, for stating yes. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but think about how cool it must have been to come to America. At that time, when you come over here, everybody in Europe is wearing like five shirts and there's gunpowder soot everywhere and people are dueling each other and they're and they're 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 learning about they're creating slavery. And then when they come to America, it's just half nude, like Native American, the buxom women and tall, strong men and dinosaurs everywhere. It's like it's like a cartoon. That must have been awesome. Are you claiming that uh, the process of so-called manifest destiny was somehow peaceful? <laughs> because there's a lot of history that yeah. might sort of contradict that, like, that uh, narrative. No, I'm saying they came to America and they're like, oh man, this place is cool. Let's like fuck it up. <laughs> but the first thing to do is like, let's drop off a bunch of horses and see what they do with them. And then there's like horses are clomping and clomping around and the Native Americans are like, whoa, whoa, Natural. cool. I don't think the horse, they, yeah, the horses weren't native to America, were they? No, they absolutely were not. Dogfoot, I'd like for you to meet, uh, this is Rainbow's End champion runner. Um, that I, This is, I'd like you to meet. <laughs> Thank you for introducing the horses to us. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> well, besides the unknown and the dinosaurs and all the fossils and all that stuff, there was that whole strength weakness thing that we talked about earlier. We here in America, we love to believe anything is possible. And that's one of the things that helped take us to the top. Mm-hmm. But it also makes us very gullible people at times. Oh, and this particular foible was put on display fully in the great Jersey Devil Panic of 1909. However, like a lot of things like this, it was a slow burn. Hmm. It all started in the late 1880s in Cleveland with the hoax called The Devil Kid. Supposedly, the Devil Kid was born to a Polish family with all the standard devil characteristics. Red skin, horns, hooves, and a pointy tail. Oh. Um, excuse me, mother. Am I allowed to walk to the library? <laughs> okay. I will eat as many uh, buttered macaroni as I can possibly stand. Thank you, mother. I don't need any specks in my food. Pepper is specks. That was me as a child. Yeah, that is so obnoxious. It wasn't necessarily national news, this whole devil kid thing, but it definitely made the rounds in papers across America. Then, in 1885, a 12-foot-tall creature with glowing eyes and horns showed up in Elizabeth, New Jersey, capable of jumping over tall fences and running up the sides of buildings. Wow. 
the creature, who also had a penchant for giving unwanted kisses to the ladies of New Jersey, hmm. had apparently made its way all the way from England. He was the forerunner of the modern Jersey Devil, and his name was Springheel Jack. Oh, hey, hey, there he goes, Springheel Jack, kiss and kiss, up your neck, you don't want it, I'm sorry. Have a go, have a pork roll, traditional dish served in New Jersey. Wow. Up, 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 slippity Jack, slippity slap, here we go. Springheel Jack, he hasn't made an appearance in a long time. Well, we haven't had reason to mention him. No, Ken. Yeah, you can't just mention him for no reason. No. <laughs> wow. Now, so with all of these devil sightings popping up all around America, it was only a matter of time before the original, the Leeds Devil, made a comeback. Mm -hmm. And the man to do it was a guy named Norman Jeffries. Now, a lot of stories say that this guy only took advantage of the Great Jersey Devil Panic of 1909, but it seems like he may have actually created the mass hysteria that spanned three states for a full week. Really? Whoa! What are we talking here? <laughs> what are we talking when we say panic? Everyone just running around in circles? I'll tell you. <laughs> Like for a full week, like it's some, it is, like it's Woodstock or something. People were having mass group sightings of the Jersey Devil. They were saying they were seeing around there. It was stealing chickens. It was climbing on the roof. It was it was snatching at their kids. It was running across their their hiking trails. All this shit. And because eventually, what, you have one person say like, "I saw the Jersey Devil on Thursday," and everyone's like, "Oh, Annabelle, that's incredible." And then someone else will be like, "Uh, me too." <laughs> saw a Jersey Devil. I need attention. Right. So in late 1908, a Philadelphia newspaper ran a story about the Leeds Devil legend. Well, you better, yeah. Uh, but that was just a curiosity type of thing. Yeah, they didn't say it was real, right? No, they didn't say it was real. It was just like, hey, this is a curious old folk tale from the Pine Barrens. Cool. Norman Jeffries happened to read the story, which gave him an idea which he took to his boss at the Ninth and Arch Dime Museum in Philadelphia. Hmm. Now, in the late 19th, early 20th century, dime museums were among the most popular forms of entertainment in urban areas. They were pretty much a menagerie of different distractions, but by far the most popular feature in any dime museum was the freak show. Oh, I see. I thought it was a museum that had dimes. <laughs> uh, and I was like, how many dimes yeah. were even in the currency at that point? We were, we're on first dime. We're on round one dime. <laughs> Now you might be able to have a dime museum. Thank you so much for coming to the New Jersey Dime Museum. <laughs> Here we have a dime from 1915. <laughs> and over here we have another dime. You can see it's got some rust on it on this side. If it must have gotten wet at some point. It's from 1915 <laughs> as well. And I have this other dime here. 1914. <laughs> oh, I'm happy we came. It costs $5 for you to come in here. <laughs> That's more money than this entire museum is worth because all we have are these seven dimes. Making money. Entrepreneurship. So Jeffries ran to his boss with the story, and together the two formulated a plan to create their very own Leeds Devil. First, Jeffries started planting stories in local newspapers about a mysterious creature seen lurking in the woods, leaving behind strange footprints. Kissel, this one day will be our biopic. This will be literally you and I together talking about how we're gonna make our own cryptid, and we're gonna we're gonna get a we're gonna get a devil fever going, and then it's just you dressed as the Jersey yeah, Devil. I have a feeling I was gonna be 
involved in the in the worst possible part of the process. I'm the supervisor. Yes, I'm the you're supervisor. the supervisor. You're the okay. Then, with a good amount of rumor and fear circulating, Jeffries visited a friend of his named Professor Edwards and rented his kangaroo. <laughs> My name is legally Professor Edwards. It's just Professor. I'm not a teacher. I have never went to college. But my name is Professor, yes. So you can call me Professor Edwards. Got a real kangaroo here? Real kangaroo. Real kangaroo. In Cleveland. Uh, no, he actually went to upstate New York oh. to rent the oh, kangaroo yeah, yeah, and then he brought yeah, it down to, to Philadelphia. Albany. <laughs> okay. Up to Binghamton. Oh, all right. He then painted green stripes on the animal, which the kangaroo licked off and almost died. Oh. God damn it. You gotta stop making it like this. Why you gotta make Let me try some of this paint, see how bad. Oh, it is kind of sweet. Oh, it's kind of nice. Oh, oh, damn kangaroo with you flirting with me with your paint. Then Jeffries tried another kind of paint, which the kangaroo accepted. Okay. Then Jeffries made a set of wings for the animal, which the kangaroo destroyed. Very unpredictable animal. <laughs> yes, so. Then Jeffries made a softer set of wings out of rabbit fur, which the kangaroo accepted. Okay. He topped the whole thing off with a set of antlers, <laughs> and so the attraction was born. Oh, nice. man. I wish you, this was around during America's Funniest Home Videos. <laughs> Way back in the day, the, oh, the old school one. Remember the jackalope? Oh, this isn't even close to being done. Wow. Oh, yeah, the jackalope. The jackalope. <laughs> he, was, he was very funny. Well, this was the age of the showman, and if Jeffries wanted to get people in to see his creation, he had to put on a show. Mm. Jeffries went over to the Ringling Brothers Circus and hired a clown he knew named George. And he, George got to hire a bunch of carnies to act as a posse of monster hunters. My name is George the Clown, and I, my uh, moniker is the most commonly named clown. Uh, it's George the Clown. I don't do a lot talking to my flower. Uh, yeah, I got you with the water. Anyway... I want my money back. <laughs> Here's a dime. <laughs> no, no, no. That's half of my museum. Don't just give these dimes away. They're history. So Jeffries gave the fake posse a bunch of torches, pitchforks, and nets and made a big show in town that the mob was going out to capture the creature at all costs. And then Jeffries sent him out into the woods. Okay, so before we do the mob reenactment, what I was thinking is, is we get everybody together and we first off, Jersey Devil, Jersey Devil, <laughs> Jersey Devil, Jersey Devil. I have, to, well, I have to tell you one more time, Craig, that this is not, this is not your production. Okay, this is my production. <laughs> so once the mob was out of sight, they made as much noise as they could to make it seem like they were locked in a fierce struggle. Ouch, it's a devil everywhere. There's a devil everywhere. Wow. Then they brought out a cart carrying a cage covered in a blanket. The cage was rattling. And then they took the cage to the dime museum. Oh, come on, come all to the museum and see the sights. Yes, I know everyone's excited about the monster, but we recently <laughs> got a new dime. I have this dime. It's from it's from Cleveland, Ohio, and it's from 1915. <laughs> Please pay attention to me. <laughs> I love Dime Museum owner guy. So the next day, the local newspaper reported that the creature had been caught and was on display at the 9th and Arch Street Dime Museum under a new name, uh -huh. the Jersey Devil. Whoa! 
So when people went to see the creature, and hundreds if not thousands did, they were led to a dimly lit room in the basement of the museum where they were presented with a cage covered by a curtain. The curtain would raise, and there before them was... The painted kangaroo, aka the Jersey Devil. Ooh. <laughs> only thing. What the fuck's this shit? <laughs> I mean, honestly, dude, it's only a dime. Well, I still think it's worth it. Well, the room was very dimly lit. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only thing was, the kangaroo wasn't always in the mood to perform. So, to get the devil going, Jeffries hired a boy to sit behind the cage and prick the kangaroo with a nail that had been attached to the end of a stick. <laughs> yes. Wow. And that boy grew up to be Joseph McCarthy. <laughs> yeah. It just seems like a very, it's like how they used to treat kids at show business. It's a very Corey Feldman thing to do. Just poke <laughs> poor kangaroo. But rest assured, the poor creature was eventually returned to Professor Edwards. Oh, good. Relatively unharmed. Oh, thank you so much for bringing my kangaroo back. Uh, do, you, do you guys, do, would the rental go well? <laughs> yeah, it was great performer. Great. Yeah, uh, did, did what it needed to do. Yep. Well, I'm just glad it's safe. I and mean, you only kind of poked it with the nail like a couple times? Yeah, just a couple hundred times. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, well, I'm just going to have to kill it for its meat. Hit it with the fucking shovel. Those are the best times. days of the kangaroo's life. Now, this kind of thing was actually fairly common during that time period. Like the infamous Fiji the Mermaid and P.T. Barnum's Dime Museum sure. in New York, that wasn't even alive. That was just the top half of a dead monkey sewn to the bottom half of a fish. Hmm. I would love to do P.T. Barnum at some point. Oh, yeah. I love Flim Flam Men. I love- Flim Flam Men from this time period, it's some of my favorite it's my favorite type of history. Well, I mean, talk about someone who saw a market that no one thought was a market. Oh, yeah. He's like, I guarantee you they're going to love if I take this half of a monkey, combine it with this half of a big tuna, <laughs> it's going to be called a mermaid or something like that. He's like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, and then people go and they're like, we didn't know we needed this, but I need this. <laughs> yeah, even the so-called, even the body of the so-called devil kid was carted around the countryside for a time. Although uh, the secret history of the Jersey Devil did not say what was actually displayed in this exhibit. That's why I wish Star would have gotten Charles Manson's body. I know. Man, yes. that's a big loss. Come on, man. Just yeah, just put him on display. That would have been the coolest thing in the world. I'm going to say it again. You didn't want when it. When I die, I hope that my body is used on, at a, as a traveling sideshow. You know, we'll take the second half. We'll, cut, <laughs> we'll, we'll use the legs. Yeah, it'll be so funny. Look how small a podcaster's legs can become <laughs> after years and years of sitting in a swivel chair. It's like, uh, yeah, like Chris Farley's in the uh, what was the, the bodybuilder sketch on SNL where they all yeah. very tiny legs, but David <laughs> yes. Spade has its real yes. legs. That was funny. But the thing was, in most of these cases, when people left the exhibit, the creatures they saw stayed there because they were dead. Right. In the case of the Jersey Devil, though, Jeffries had created something much more than just a sideshow attraction. Pretty soon, people were claiming that they were seeing the same sort of creature out in the wilds, particularly around the Pine Barrens, and they'd added in a few details of their own. Okay. The body of the kangaroo was still there, but now the creature had a dog's head, a horse's face, a forked tail, and long claws in addition to the wings, which had been changed from painted rabbit fur to bat leather. Imagination is important. Yeah. All right? Just remember that, is that a book can take you anywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So by late January of 1909, the southern part of New Jersey, as well as parts of Pennsylvania and New York, were in a full-blown panic that would last a full seven days, known at the time as Phenomenal Week. Cool. In that week alone, people made well over 100 reports that they'd seen something resembling the Jersey Devil. The whole thing started with a man named 
Thack Cozens, who saw it flying down the street in Woodbury, New Jersey that Sunday. Oh. Then, when a cop in Bristol, Pennsylvania, reported that he'd seen the creature and it even took a shot, the thing became a little bit more real because a cop had seen it. Of course, and he tried to shoot it immediately. <laughs> I mean, he had to at the time. He thought it was holding a weapon. Uh-huh. <laughs> Over the next few days, strange tracks started appearing in dozens of towns across southern New Jersey and Pennsylvania. And on January 19th, a Mr. and Mrs. Nelson Evans were woken up by a strange creature outside their house in the middle of the night. This is the account as told by Mr. Evans. It was about three feet and a half high, with a head like a collie dog and a face like a horse. It had a long neck, wings about two feet long, and its back legs were like those of a crane. And it had horse's hooves. I believe it was married to Matthew Broderick. (laughs) Uh, It walked on its back legs and held up two short front legs with paws on them. It didn't use the front legs at all while we were watching. My wife and I were scared, I tell you. But I managed to open the window and say, Shoo! And it turned around, barked at me, and flew away. I believe it said its name was Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> that is a classic bit. Classic bit. Classic. Sarah classic. Jessica Parker. Wow. Classic. Relevant and classic. That's, classic. that's the thing. <laughs> Another woman chased the devil down with the broom as it was trying to eat her dog, and that encounter was followed by the entirety of the Blackhawk Social Club seeing the devil whiz past their windows during a meeting. Wow. And that Blackhawk Social Club must have been a pile of bitches. <laughs> And you know when they came into the to whatever quilt social that they went to afterwards, being like, we all saw the Jersey Devil last night. And they're all like, oh, yeah, we did too. Uh, uh, it sounds like someone's ghost is talking. Slammed. <laughs> Slammed him again. Nice. Is it social clubs, were they women or men? I thought men, the men were mostly in the social yeah, club men were so, Yeah, that was a social yeah. club. Yeah, the Blackhawk social club. That was a bunch of dudes hanging out I there. thought it was like a cool group of goth chicks, and I got... I was happy with the idea of it. <laughs> no, it's a bunch of dudes from Trenton, New Jersey. But I think everyone yeah. was kind of goth back then. Yeah, weren't they? Somewhat. It yeah. was more, everybody looked like John C. Riley back then. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, okay. the men and the women. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't until a city councilman in Trenton claimed he'd seen the devil, which made the whole damn thing official, that the Jersey Devil panic really got out of hand. Mm, you can always trust public officials in Trenton. <laughs> <laughs> always. So by Friday, schools were closed and factories were shut down because the men refused to leave their families to go to work. This is after just five days. Wow. And other men formed posses and searched for the devil throughout the night. Oh, this is so fun. Yes. It's awesome. Even a local fire department got in on the game when they freaked out and sprayed what they assumed to be the Jersey Devil with a fire hose until whatever it was ran away screaming. (laughs) Probably just the town drunk. (laughs) Just a guy. Just a guy with like elephantitis who's just been like, there's just no reason for this treatment. I'm the only one in this town who knows how to do taxes. (laughs) Uh, Everything settled down by the end of January and the sightings of the Jersey Devil have been sporadic at best ever since. Okay. With one of the most gruesome happening in 1966. Says you though, Marcus, because every single person I know that I, I texted the two people I know from Jersey and both of them said, oh yeah, I got a Jersey Devil story. And then when you watch other docs and like the Monster Quest episode about Jersey Devil, everybody's got a story which involves being like, we were out. And you, I mean, we weren't completely straight, but we had only a couple of beers. We're only smoking a little bit. 
And next thing you know, I'm looking at a, a dog horse <laughs> with bat wings. And you like, they all say the same shit. Yeah, it's, all, it's the exact same story over and over again, except for this one in 1966. Hmm. This is another clip from Mother Leeds' 13th Child from a cop who responded to a call about the Jersey Devil attacking a farm. At the time I was called here, Mr. Silcouch advised the station that he was missing numerous ducks and some other type of animals. I arrived at the scene here at this time. He advised me that he was missing 31 ducks, four cats, two dogs, and a few geese. Apparently, some type of animal had come in and uh, gotten these fowl and his animals and taken them off somewhere. And either just killed them for the sake of killing or had eaten some of them. No other animal could have done that. <laughs> no, nope. it had to have been the Jersey Devil attacked these ducks. ducks. But they fly. <laughs> Was yeah. it by any chance uh, coming well, I, upon winter? I, just, I love cop talk so much. I love to, and upon the scene of the crime, all 30 plus one, that is 10 plus 10 plus 10 plus one, 31. Trenta uno in Italian. Um, ducks, the fowl, the waterfowl um, with marble texture to their wings, to their feathers. The ocular, I don't know what the scientific word for feathers, John. Do you know? <laughs> They were disappearing from the scene. <laughs> they do let you know everything they know. Everything they know, yes. Now, some true believers of the Jersey Devil say that the reason why sightings have slowed down so much over the last 100 years, at least from the Great Panic of 1909, mm. is because of the advent of highways and streetlights. They scare the devil away. Oh, I could see that. Yeah, makes sense. He's a soft boy. You heard his song. <laughs> the Jersey Devil is literally just a sweet boy who doesn't understand these modern times. Yeah. And he's just, he's because he'll find someone nice, like what's her name from Twilight. <laughs> mm-hmm. Others say even the so-called legit sightings are nothing more than a sandhill crane, a big screaming bird, which does actually exist. Okay. But whatever the Jersey Devil is or was doesn't really matter, as the people of New Jersey have taken the legend as a point of pride, even going so far as to name it the official state demon in 1939. Wow. Back when Americans had a sense of humor about such things. Oh, okay, that's good. But in 2015, they all do say this, everyone who was like a New Jersey person that spoke on the behalf of Jersey, be like, and I will have you know, we are the only state to have a state demon. <laughs> and that's the Jersey Devil. Now, I feel it's much maligned. And they go very, very serious. <laughs> okay. And so we'll end this tale with a poem written and recited by a New Jersey resident and possibly the best cryptid documentary ever made, Mrs. Leeds' 13th Child. Deep in the marshes, Leeds' devil is lurking. In the mist and the darkness, he always is working. Folks know his habits, haunts and devices. Best guard yourself, for the devil entices. Down near the point where the reeds are the highest, that's where the devil conjures the slides. Nights after dark, when the wind's off the ocean, best guard yourself, lest he get a notion and pounce upon you with pitchfork and saber. The rest of your life, you'll be vexed with hard labor. Now you've been warned, Look out for black magic. To laugh and to scuff could prove very tragic. Jersey's the land the devil does roam. Lee's point is the place. He sits on his throne. You know, I'm just so happy David Berkowitz is still writing poetry. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds just like a Berkowitz poem. That is, that's 
great community theater. I'm go- I want to watch that show live. Oh man, hey, it's a great documentary, man. You got to just it's on YouTube. It's called Mrs. Leeds' Thirteenth Child. Uh, it's about twenty four minutes long. It's fantastic. All right. Wow. Well, that's what I always say. Stop having children at twelve. <laughs> at twelve children. <laughs> uh, I'll say this: I cryptids are cryptids are fun, right? It's fun to hear these these stories. I think they're, they're it's uh, having it be around like the Jersey Devil being around in Southern Jersey. I, I wish that it was real. I'd love to see it. I'd love to hear your calls like or and your stories. If you have Jersey Devil stories, I will hear them because I never get sick of them. No, it's a, I, I'm much happier to live in a world with the New Jersey Devil. Yeah, right. And I, I would like to think it exists. I'd like to and think Joseph so, too. Joseph Bonaparte, you didn't want to include Napoleon's brother hunting for the Jersey Devil? He wasn't hunting for the Jersey Devil. It was Napoleon's brother, who was also the king of Spain at one point, mm-hmm. came to New Jersey. He was hunting. He, he was heard a New weird Jersey. noise. <laughs> he heard a weird noise and said, uh, and supposedly it was the Jersey Devil. You know, Napoleon actually averaged height. <laughs> not, not as short as, uh, as Shrek would make him seem. However, uh, you know, I don't know Shrek, but they make him, it's kind of a prince, you know. That's kind how, of however, as Brian Regal points out in The Secret History of the Jersey Devil, this is merely an apocryphal tale that is not supported by any sort of personal journals or actual written historical evidence. Well, there you go. So even when we're talking about something as truthful as the New Jersey Devil, Marcus <laughs> makes sure to keep it accurate. Yes. <laughs> Yes, yeah, as always. Good. We always do our homework. Yeah. Awesome. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. Ooh, that was an exciting, it was a good, it was like uh, having a, when you're eating the sushi and you take a big uh, bite of a wasabi. I feel like our uh, Rasputin was the wasabi and now we had a little <laughs> ginger, a little, a little palate cleanser here. See, I had so much fun with Rasputin. I had a hard time letting it go. Yeah. I loved Rasputin. I, I like him being around in my life. Yeah. I know he's a terrible person. He did bad things, which will we'll always remind everyone that he was a toucher. Um, but I did actually get a fun listener bit of information. I'm sorry to bring it back to Rasputin, but apparently Boney M died on December 10th, 2010. I got this information from a uh, listener, which is the same day that Rasputin died. Wow. Interesting. New Jersey Devil. Very exciting episode. Thank you. <laughs> I think so. Uh, and we're going to be um, I also think so. the, uh, go- I mean, the we'll, we'll be eventually addressing talking about how the uh, East Area Rapist, the original Night Stalker, was, uh, seems to be caught. There's a lot of shit that's going to be played out in the next couple of days. He's definitely caught. We will... T- yeah, and we will be talking about it on side stories, I imagine, along with the in the rise of the incel community, which we which will be very interesting. If you've got anything to say about that or any information, uh, send us information at the last podcast network at gmail.com. And Marcus and I go through uh, in depth there on Able Against Top Hat a little bit of the incel community as well. Very much so. Whew. All right. Well, uh, just be careful. Don't get too obsessed with this stuff online. It, people really get their opinions hardened and then it manifests itself in a lot of horrible things in reality. Very much. Um, so go out outside and I say have a happy meal. <laughs> All right, Yo, everyone. Get a get some get a salad. I've actually I'm gonna say get a salad. There's a Taco Bell in the East Village that just opened up. And I think I'm gonna do that one of these days. Cool. If I lose five pounds. <laughs> just go to the one in Union Square. Yeah. Stop punishing yourself. You can't with withholding things that you like is not gonna help you lose weight. 
Okay. Um, all right. Actually, I think it would. But, uh, all right. So let's see here. Yes. Thanks, everyone, for giving to the Patreon. Yeah, Henry and I are going to continue doing our little interview series there. So that's really exciting. If you want to give, uh, where can people give, Marcus? Uh, Patreon.com slash last podcast on the left. You, if for uh, only $5 or more, you can get a, a ton of bonus material. Ben and Henry doing uh, some uh, fantastic interviews. Yeah, they've been really fun. So thank you all so much for that. Uh, I like meeting new people. It's exciting. Yeah, you know, social media, you can find us on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, find us on Twitter at Henry Loves You at Marcus Parks at Ben Kissel. Find us on Instagram at Dr. Fantasty at Marcus Parks at Ben Kissel, the number one. And find us on all of the horseshit at LP on the left. All right, everyone, hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Again. Hail me. Magoostalations. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>